0: Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Father, we thank you for your glory that's already here. We thank you for your train that's already filling the temple. Father, we thank you today for every heart that's heavy, every heart that's glad, every heart that doesn't even know where it is because it feels a little mixed up. For those who have lost mothers like me, God, and for those who have lost children like some of my sisters, God, we just thank you that in this moment we are wrapped in the shadow of your wings. We thank you that we are lacking no good thing. We thank you that your joy and your strength and your peace and your comfort are our garments today. So now, God, we stand before you, my daughter and I, and we say, God, we confess that we know that we are nothing, nothing, nothing without you. Move through us in this moment for your people, and we'll give you the glory and the honor We'll give you all the glory, hallelujah, and all the honor today and all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And so we're gonna kinda skip past, uh, I just wanna give honor to uh, my mother, Sandra Elizabeth Winters, who we hadn't transitioned onto heaven several years ago, but like Pastor shared, I talked to my mom Over and over and over and over and one day it could have been many 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 times Uh, she was and is uh, a virtuous woman and I owe who I am standing here and How I've been able to parent and love my children to my mom Sandra Elizabeth Winters So we wanted to share a few things with you. We've been studying long y'all praying hard I'm serious, because we never take it for granted when we come before you. Uh, we want to honor, too, our mother, still in the house, Mom Barlow. Can y'all give Mom Barlow some love? We love you, Mom. We love you. A woman who has been praying for people all over the city for years and years, decades indeed and who has been a pillar in this house, we love you and we honor you today. And so there are three things we wanna share with you and Grace is gonna share the first of them. But one of the things we know as women in Zion, as women and mothers in Zion, as daughters and sons in Zion, is that we live in a society that perpetuates a myth. Would you agree with me that we live in a society that perpetuates a myth? and we call it the myth of perfection. Anybody ever felt pressure to be perfect in the house? I see you, Sister Chavez. I got you, sis. Anybody ever, she was raising her hand over there. Anybody ever felt, I see another hand over there. Well, two of you been under the pressure. One more brother back there said, yeah, I felt it. But perfection is a myth, unless we're being perfected through Christ. And he already told us in his word that that's a process. So the first thing we wanna affirm for mothers and daughters and everyone who's a kingdom citizen quite frankly today is that perfection is a myth. The second thing we wanna affirm is that prayer and humility must be our utmost priority. Can anybody say that with me? Prayer and humility must be our utmost priority. The third thing is this, pursuing God's plan purposefully, always, somebody say always. Always wins the battle. It always wins the war. And so I'm gonna turn it over to Amazing Grace, who I call Spunky. Nobody else is allowed to call her that. It's on film, I'm telling you. Do not call her Spunky. (laughs) But she is my Spunky princess. Go forth, daughter.
1: Um, Okay, so a part of perfecting Our will is honoring our parents Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 1 through 3 says children obey your parents in the Lord for this right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy life on the earth so I just wanted to tell a story about when there have been several times where I haven't honored my parents and things have just gone wrong. <laughs> but something that I wanna to communicate to or, or just encourage for young people um, is that a part of honoring God is, is through honoring your parents. A story that I have, this is very recent. I was at the DMV with my mom. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. And I, you know, when you go to the DMV, you have to bring all of your documents, your social security, uh, your birth certificate, I was renewing something, um, and I, I get home. I actually come to the church to meet Keith so we can work on our video. And I, I just throw my folder with all of my important documents in the back of the car, and my mom's like, Gracie, no, you, you, need to, you need to keep these documents. They're important. Don't put them anywhere. Don't, you can't lose them because it's hard to get them back. So I come home. Two days pass, I come home, I'm I'm singing with Nate downstairs, and I'm like, oh no, where's my folder? Where's my social security card? Where's my birth certificate? I'm running all around, I'm unlocking the car doors. I'm like, mom, you you see this? She's just standing around like, I told you, I told you. Um, And this is is something important. Uh, It may, there have been bigger situations, but this may seem like something so small, but in that moment, a thought that ran through my mind is I I wish I listened, I wish I honored my mother, I wish I I knew, I I wish I was in that moment, like, okay, let me just listen to my mom, even though I don't understand what's going on in the moment. Um, and, And something that I learned from this and several other situations is just to avoid subjecting yourself to a storm that a loved one has already warned you is not meant for you. Um, it, <sighs> avoid subjecting yourself to a storm that a loved one has already warned you that it is not meant for you, that person is not meant for you, that that person does not deserve your energy, that situation is not meant for you. Get the folder and put the documents where they're supposed to be. <laughs> um, and, and you won't have to, to go through uh, that stress when you could have just listened. So that's the first piece. Um, And then uh, a scripture that reminded me of this situation and also not conforming to modern day society. Uh, Romans 12 verse two, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Uh, In this scripture, there are a lot of patterns of this world that sometimes we fall into. And I think that the scripture connects with Ephesians and and also the piece where I said to avoid subjecting yourself because those patterns of the world are not for us. Um, And that's why we have to honor our elders, honor our parents because they already know. So we shouldn't have to go through it. Uh, you yeah, know, that, that wasn't it, but I'm going to let my mom talk now.
0: <laughs> Thank you for letting me talk. <laughs> no. okay, okay, good, you're okay. All right, good. And so to affirm what grace is sharing, in 1 Peter 5.10, it says, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while, He'll make you what? Perfect. Establish you. Strengthen you. And settle you. How many moms ever feel like you just need to be settled down? Settled down. I see some hands waving in the back. They sat in the back because they were all frustrated trying to just get into the house. And guess what? I've been there many times. Grace talked about patterns. Be perfect establish you, strengthen you, and settle you, First Peter 5.10. And so here we understand that there is a realm of perfection we can get into, but we have to get into it through the power and the grace and the will of God. Settle yourself and forget about society's pressure to be perfect. It's a myth. Amen? <coughs> Pardon me. Philippians 4, 6 through 8.
1: Grace is going to read that for us. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through. Through Christ
0: Jesus. And so Philippians 4, 6, 8 has some keys in it that we want to make sure you hear. It says, be careful for nothing. One translation says, be anxious for nothing. How many people know that the pharmaceutical industry has made billions of dollars because people are buying medicine to address their anxiety? Yes. Yes. Yes, one of our friends who's a doctor of psychology, she says, I constantly, right before school starts, I'm just getting flooded with teachers who just need their meds. Because they're anxious two months, a month before school even starts. But how many of you know that the scriptures give us a cure for anxiety? Just in case you're not sure about it, I want you to make sure you type or write these few cures down. Anybody need a cure for anxiety? Anybody need a cure for feeling a little unsettled Sometime Philippians gave it to us, number one, it said by what? By prayer. It said everything by prayer. Everything by prayer. Everything by prayer and by asking. Now, prayer has many, many forms. There are many types of prayer. But it said by prayer and what? Supplication. Supplication means to ask. It's a specific type of prayer that means I am making a request. I can be in a state of prayer and not be asking God for something. But the script, this scripture told us to pray and ask. And then it said ask a certain way. Ask with what? Thanksgiving. So we see here in the scriptures cures for anxiety. Pray, ask, give thanks, and I'm not gonna leave this out. If you need to, you better sign up for some therapy in Jesus' name. Amen? Find the right one, but it's okay to use Jesus and therapy to get yourself where you need to be. But don't forsake the prayer, don't forsake the asking, and don't forsake the thanksgiving. Luke 18, 1 through 14 says, And he spake a
1: parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man.
0: And so here in Luke, we see the parable where Jesus is telling them men ought what? Always to pray. And so he's reinforcing the fact that we need to be prayerful. And, and, and really what the thing is, is that as kingdom citizens, do you understand that we were given power and authority? Say yes. We were given power and authority. In essence, it's like, have you ever had or seen someone with a big key ring? And when you can hear them coming like it's just jingle when they walk you can hear the noise they have keys 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 to this door keys to that door keys to this car keys to that car keys to this building keys to that building that's how you are literally walking around in the spirit as a kingdom citizen do you understand that but here's the thing all of those keys that hang on the ring are not the thing they're keys but the ring is prayer none of the keys work unless you have the main thing. And the main thing is prayer. And so in order to execute in the spirit realm with your sword, the Holy Spirit said, this is what I want you to tell the mothers today. Keep your flowers, hold on to your flowers. Be gentle, be kind, be beautiful, love your roses. But you gotta also take up your sword. You gotta have flowers and fire. You gotta have flowers fire in this thing because the enemy is coming to sift our families and our husbands and our city and our nation like wheat. But when we rise up, we are assured that that won't happen. We're going to skip to the thing. So what happened in Luke was that there was this judge and he was, the scriptures say he was hard-hearted. He was mean. It said he didn't regard God or man. That's rough. You don't regard God or man? What am I going to do with you? But guess what this woman knew how to do? Somebody say she knew how to pray. She knew how to pray. Come on, just stick with me a little while y'all. Y'all reservation, I promise you, you're gonna get there on time. Say she knew how to pray. If you're online, say she knew how to pray. Lessons that we learn from the woman. The scripture said, by her continual prayers and asking, she wearied that hard-hearted judge who regarded neither man nor God. And he avenged her. The scripture said. In other words, that meant that he took her oppression away. That's what it translates to. He took her oppression away. Some of us feel burdened down. Some of us feel heavy. Some of us feel sad. Some of us feel like we don't know which way we're going to go. We don't know what to do. But I'm going to tell you, you got to press in to prayer. You got to press into prayer. It doesn't come easy, it comes by early rising and late going down. It comes by stopping sometime in the middle of the day in the car and listening for the Holy Ghost. I need to send my daughter a text. I need to check on my husband. I need to make sure that I send this word I just heard from somebody to them via text. It's a sacrifice of praise, hallelujah. But it'll change the hard-hearted king. It'll change the hard-hearted judge. Let me tell you something. When you pray, you have the power to change whatever somebody says that you ain't. You can change it into, yes, I am. Prayer changes things. But you got to say something. An author that I love named Audra Lord. she said, your silences, they will not save you. And I come to tell you today, women of Zion, that your silences, they will not save you. Yes, you might be tired. Yes, things might not have turned out the way you wanted them to. But you got to dig up into Isaiah 16 and you got to cry aloud and spare not. You got to wake up. You got to make sure you strengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You got to know what your tools are so that you can break through. Persistence in prayer changes even hard hearts. And let me tell you this, she was strategic. Can some strategic women rise up in Zion? Can some strategic women rise up in Philadelphia? Can some strategic women rise up in the nation? Can some strategic women rise up in New Covenant Church of Philadelphia whose mission is to reach Philadelphia and beyond? I got three people that wanna rise up with me, that's okay. just waiting for the wave of surprise to get all the way over there (laughs) it's true guess what is true until until I pray it's true until I pray my friend yesterday from Kappa creative and performing arts where I went to high school she celebrated her son and it was so overwhelming and beautiful to see her celebrate her last child graduate college. And it was because they told my friend that this child, when he was 10 years old, was going to die. They said, ma'am, call your priest and call your family. They told my friend that he was, he was not going to live. And my friend said, oh, yes, he will live. And then guess what? He lived because she knew how to pray. And she knew how to call on the women of Zion to pray. And she knew how to call on the women of Zion to start to pull the ring and all the little keys to prayer together. So not only did they pray, but we fasted. And not only did we pray, but we used the power to superimpose those things that be not as if they are. And we began to use all the keys that were attached to the ring of prayer. And he lived, and they said, okay, well, he lived. But he'll be disabled. He won't be able to walk or talk or anything. And she said, oh, yes, he will. And guess what she did? She prayed, and she called on all the women of Zion, and all the men of Zion, and we used all the keys that were attached to the ring. And he talked. And he walked. And they said, well, okay. But he'll never play sports. And she said, oh, yes, he will. <laughs> and guess what she did? She prayed. She prayed. Oh, y'all going to preach with me now? <laughs> and that young man plays football from the time he was in Little League through uh, e through high school. played at two high schools, in fact. And the coach stood up yesterday at the party and said, you may not have always been the fastest, and you may not have always been the strongest. He said, but you were the most committed, and you were the most dedicated. And he said, I always respected that about you. He said, you were classy. Because his mother knew how to grab some people and begin to pray. She understood that everything you say about me, and my husband, and my children, and my family, and my city, and my nation, and my church, and my job, and my future, and my destiny, it might be true, Satan, but it's only true until I lift up my voice to the hills from which cometh my help, because my help cometh from the Lord. Prayer will change your very appearance. Luke 9.29 says, read it, daughter. Nevertheless, when
1: the Son of Man cometh. uh, Luke 9.29. And he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Read it again. And as he was praying, I'm obeying my (laughs) I'm obeying. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed, and his
0: clothes became dazzling white. Not only did his face change. But his garment's changed. That stuff you've been wearing, that stuff you've been putting on, that depression, that doubt, that worry, that fear, with the mighty and living King because Jesus went and he prayed and they said his face was transformed in his garments they were dazzling ha anybody want to be dazzling I got any mothers that want to be dazzling in the house huh anybody want to be dazzling <laughs> it's not your makeup It's not your earrings. It's not your clothes. My husband said it's not your red bottoms. I don't have no red bottoms on today. (laughs) Let me tell you something, when I walked in here, I had on an old black, and you might see me with it on when I leave here today, so don't judge me. It was an old black dress that I wear. I was comfortable and I walked in here and I put this on. But if I had to walk up here and teach in that dress and those sandals, it wouldn't matter. Because I went to be with Jesus. You got to lay some things down. You got to make some decisions that are different. There are other places and friends and people I wanted to be with. But I knew that the assignment required me to do some things that were on the key ring. But I had to do what was in in my hand. It's a shame. My time is up. I'm going to tell you one more thing before I go. Keep going. going. (laughs) Okay. It's so much more, Jesus. God will make a way for me to share it with you some other time. But I got to give you this last part. It's so much that I got to close the notes. But I promise you it's in my spirit for you. God help me. Here's the last thing, the Holy Spirit. It's not the last thing, but it's the last thing I can tell you right now. Oh, let it double shut. Down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, There are two women that you need to bring your attention to today. When you go home, I want you to read Judges 4 and Judges 5. Deborah and Jael are the women who you will read about in those chapters. There's another woman you read about, she's nameless. She's the enemy's mother. You read about her at the end of Judges 5. But here's what you need to know about Deborah. She sat under a palm tree. She's one of, she's the only judge in, the, in, that, in that scripture, in Judges, in the book of Judges. There were many prophetesses. There were at least seven that we know of, but she was a prophet and a judge. She was also a strategist and she was an administrative genius. Why do I say that? Because Deborah shows us that Regardless of your skill or your gifting administratively, you better be a person of prayer. Because all the charts and organization and strategy in the world doesn't mean nothing until you what? You got to be able to hear from God. The next thing we understand about Deborah is that she sat under a palm tree. The palm tree in the scriptures, it indicates provision. But where she sat in the, per, in the place where she sat was between Bethel and another part of the land. And it was in a high place. How many people know that when you pray, you go up into a high place? See, when you pray, you are not in the same dimension as everybody else. It's not that you're better. It's that you've made a sacrifice to elevate yourself in the spirit realm. But I'm going to tell you what happens. When she was between, she's under the palm tree, and she's in this place, a high place, between Bethel and this other land that I can't remember right now until I open up my notes, but it was a high place. And this is what was special about her, that we didn't see with any of the other judges. People came to her. They came to her. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. It means attracted unto you. So the people came to her for her wisdom. They came to her for her counsel. They came to her because she was in a space. Under the tree where she could hear from God. They called it the tree of Deborah. Now people think that that means that was named after Deborah the prophet, but it was really named after Deborah the nurse who was Jacob's nurse. They buried her there. And so you see there, there's even a generational blessing that comes when you get into position. And so she was in position. And people begin to come to her and come to her, come to me, Gracie. They begin to come to her as she prayed. They begin to come to her as she counseled. They begin to come to her as she strategized. And then she called for Barak. People say Barak, cause they, you know, we like Barak. But it's Barak. She called for Barak. Lipidoth was also his name and it meant lightning. The scriptures say that he was also called Michael because of his humility. We talked about humility. We talked about prayer. She called him and it was her husband. Some, some, some scholars don't know whether it was really her husband or not. But in, in my study, I believe in my spirit from how we read it, that he was her husband. And guess what, women? They called him lightning not because of him. They called him lightning because of his wife. Because she was the one who made the wicks that went in the torches. And it said that these torches, they were big. They were, they were better and bigger than all the They weren't normal. What do you see there? The togetherness brought a different light to the land. She called for him and she said, didn't God tell you to do something that you haven't done yet? Didn't he tell you to go and deliver the Israelites out of the hand of Jabin? Why haven't you done that yet? Don't wives do that a lot? You do that for your your husbands and your sons and your fiancés and sometimes for our leaders. We say, hey, excuse me, why not we supposed to, why didn't we do that yet? And she did that. She said that to him. The story goes that he eventually said to her, I will go. And I'll close here. I will go, but I'm not going without you. That's what he told her. He said, I'll go, but I'm not going to go if you don't go with me. That's in in verse 5. And she said, okay, I'll go with you. But you will not receive the glory. Some people pointing at me that know their scripture, they say that you will not receive the glory for this victory. Delayed obedience can be disobedience. She said a woman will receive the glory for the victory. Fast forward, they go, they war in the place, uh, Tabor, they go to another high place. The whole, all the armies, they go to another high place. Again, remember, they're going to a high place to prepare for the battle. That's the prayer. That's the pulling away. That's the fasting. That's the understanding the keys of the kingdom so that you can win. And every single person, the scripture said, was defeated. They fell with the sword all of them except Sisera he was the leader under Jabin this guy gets down after all his people were killed now he had over 10 he had over 10,000 people but the people of God they were fighting with a small group of people people just volunteer army don't kill your volunteer army for leaders So these people sacrifice their lives, their lives. He gets down and he runs, Sisera's running. Now remember, the scripture always works in shadows and types. Sisera is a type of a principality, of wickedness, of evil. He gets down and runs. How many of you have fought battles and you thought you won, but then a year later, Two years later, three years later, that thing still came back up. You got to make sure that enemy is dead, dead, as we say in Philly. You say it twice, that means once for the heaven and once for the earth. He wasn't dead. All the people that was trying to help him win were dead. But he ran. Now, this is interesting. He ran into a land that he thought was a place of peace. But it, it was a place of peace. But there was a a young woman in the land who was the wife of Heber. And she said, I know all of y'all think that this guy is okay and that we should be a safe haven for him, our village, but I don't agree with that. Because he was making those Israelites suffer for 20 years. And I don't think that's right. So I don't care what y'all think. If I see him, I'm gonna handle it. (laughs) <laughs> Say I'm gonna handle it, Gracie. I'm gonna handle it. <laughs> Tell him again, Gracie, I'm gonna handle it, oh? <laughs> if you didn't know this is a little Omar. <laughs> so her name was JL. And JL was in her tent. A tent, it's, it's all symbols and types. It's a, it's a dwelling place, right? It's a place where God was. It's her place of safety. So, JL sees this guy on the run and said, Come in here, you'll be
1: safe. Say it. Come
0: in here, you'll be safe. Say it louder. Come in here, you'll be safe. (laughs) So, he runs into her tent so that he can hide and be safe. This boy said, I'm thirsty. Well, I guess you are. Can I have a drink of water? And JL said, of course. And covered him up with a blanket, but she didn't give him water, she gave him milk. Some some studies say it was more like a yogurt, but it wasn't water, it was creamy and it put him to sleep, it settled him, okay? It settled him down. She put the blanket over him, he like, oh, I'm good. She giving me more than I even asked for up in here. Then he told her to lie. The devil will always try to bring you out of your character. He said, if anybody comes, tell them that there's no man here. He was actually prophesying because he was no kind of man. And he had left all the people, all his men were dead. She said, okay. He fell asleep. She went, I, I was going to go to Home Depot, y'all, but I didn't have time. She went and got her collection of pegs picked, that, that held up the tent. The women were in charge of the tents, women. We're in charge, we're the hearts of the home. We're the hearts of the home. You just heard Pastor talk about his virtuous woman. She is the heart of his home. That's why we have to be the place where our man and our children can come and lay their heads and be safe. And you can't be that and do all the other things that God is calling you to do if you don't pray. You got to go to a high place. She went and got her pegs and a hammer. She put that pet, now remember she knew how to build a tent. She took that hammer and bam, bam. Not only did it go through his temple, but it went into the ground and he was dead. There was no man there anymore, for real. Dead, dead, pastor. Now, it's interesting because the scriptures never tell us that she said one word. She just handled her business. When Barrett came running looking for this guy because she know you got to finish the war, right? She said, come on in here, I know where he is. (laughs) And she showed Barak, he's dead. Now remember, he was the commander, but he wasn't the chief. Jabin wasn't dead yet. But as the scripture goes on, it tells us that he was taken care of as well and that the Israelites, they prospered and they came into their wealthy place until they messed up again like we do. And so, we need to end, the other interesting thing is that Deborah, the prophet, the judge, the administrator, she prophesied, didn't she, that there would not be glory for Barak, but that a woman would get the glory. You know, in her song, which is what chapter five is, in her song, she said, Jael is blessed among women. Anybody ever been Catholic in the house? We heard that all the time. I was raised in a Catholic school. Who was blessed among women? They said it all the time. Mary is the only other one that's spoken of as blessed among women. And so this woman who didn't even speak a word, don't sleep on people who don't say much. She is the only one other than the mother of Jesus herself who was called blessed above women. Not not Deborah, she wasn't called blessed among women. She did what she was doing and she understood her assignment. But Jael was called blessed among women. That's a bunch, but I know you took what you needed. Hold on to your roses, women of Zion. Mothers of Zion, as Deborah called herself in chapter five. She said, I'm a mother of Zion, why? Because I awoke. You gotta be awake, women. She said, I awoke and I called the man to arise. She said, get up and do what God told you to do. And I'll go with you. Mothers in Zion, awake. Call whoever you need to call to arise. Go with the ones who you're supposed to be on assignment with. Slay that enemy and make sure he's dead dead because your family and your life and your children are worth it. Remain soft, but take up your sword. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you Jesus. anyone who is here and doesn't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior we invite you to come on in come on in come on into the glory we'll help you to accept and believe and confess that Jesus is your Lord and I promise you that your life will never ever be the same if you're here and you want to give your life to Christ or you want to dedicate yourself By saying, I want to be a member of New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Just raise your hands and the ushers are looking for you and they'll tend to you. You can also text DECISION to 215-440-6610. Father, we thank you for what you've done in this house. We bless you for giving us the increase in the ability to become exactly who we need to be as men and women in Zion, mothers and fathers in Zion, daughters and sons in Zion. Father, we pray that this word would go deep into our hearts and that it would not return void. We thank you that we are calling ourselves to a higher place of prayer. We thank you, Lord, that nothing the enemy says is true about is everything he says is true about us until we pray and we pray that knowing that will provoke us to get up to press in to go into the depths of prayer that we need to go into and the heights of prayer and the widths of prayer that we need to go into so that we can make that enemy a liar may we take responsibility as mothers and daughters and sons and in Zion And do what we need to do so that our lives will be exactly what you want them to be. And that the people around us, the the nation, the city, the job, the neighborhood would experience you, Jesus. We love you and we bless you for who you are. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for joining us in service today.